Hi, everyone. The following podcast is a Direct Message Network and Podcast One production. We are directly to your favorite stars. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our New Year's special. The Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $899, plus special financing, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial. This show is brought to you by our lovely sponsors, Noom, LaCroix, Geico, Mint Mobile, Undercover Tourist, and Viore. Thanks for supporting them. Take it from here, LaCroix boy. Happy to. Look, if you've been listening to Adulting Like a Mother Father, you know at this point that I am a LaCroix boy. If you don't know what LaCroix is, it's sparkling water and it is amazing. It's pronounced LaCroix for anybody out there pronouncing it incorrectly. Okay. It delivers refreshment, flavor, and sparkle with an innocent twist of zero calories, zero sweeteners, and zero sodium. I love that. You crack me up. Okay, so LaCroix has 25 flavors that are derived from natural sources with natural fruit essences, which is very important, especially if you're going to be drinking as much as you like to, apparently. What's wrong with that? Look, the newest addition to the family is hibiscus. Yum. That reminds me of Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Ooh, take me away. LaCroix sparkling waters are gluten-free, vegan, kosher, and non-GMO, Whole30 approved, and environmentally friendly. LaCroix cans are sustainable and recyclable, which is super cool, and it's the way that they should be. And they're the first on the market to be produced without BPA liner. Yep. So enjoy LaCroix sparkling water, a healthier alternative for you and your lifestyle. LaCroix sparkling water is available nationwide, and for a full list of retailers, visit www.lacroixwater.com. For more information, join the LaCroix community on social media at... LaCroix Water. That's L-A-C-R-O-I-X Water. This is Adulting Like a Mother Father. Thanks for tuning in to learn more. We applaud you. Now sit back, relax. So baby, keep it pushing while we have a couple laughs. And maybe get a little mushy. But don't forget to take a deep breath. Adulting can be hard sometimes. Just take the next step. Pick the right foot up and put it in front of the left. You do this over and over and you'll be ahead of the rest. And let me introduce you to the star of the show, Daniela Monet. I bet you probably heard her say, Chicago, Chicago. Well, now she's all grown up and got a little baby boy. His name is Gio Dan. What a bundle of joy. We're a tribe of three, but we're building a community. So come along. It's time for some adulting. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday or whenever you are catching up. This is Adulting Like a Mother Father. I am Daniela Monet and I'm the mother. And I'm Andrew Gardner and I am the father, I guess. Yes. And we are both adults. Adults. So if you're trying to be an adult or you are currently an adult, this is the show for you. So let's jump right in with our adulting wins and fails. You I go. will go first. Um, adulting win. We are officially moving and a shaking over here. Okay. I think I spent. You can't take my win. That's your win too? That's my win. Perfect. So you take Saturday, I'll take Sunday. 
Okay, so basically on this past weekend, um, we did what I thought would have been impossible. We had three parties. We had two birthday parties and one going away party. I was slightly terrified, so I'll just hit you with my fail. I had major anxiety over not timing his naps on time and not getting him to bed on time, and that was driving me absolutely... Okay, good. So we're on the same page, okay? (laughs) I lost my mind is what happened. I had major, major anxiety. I didn't ever plan to be the mom who cared so much about making sure he was on some sort of routine. And now that he's sleeping so well and that he's like in such a good place mentally, I feel like I just don't want to mess anything up. So that's my fail. I had, I took my anxiety out on you. Um, you sure did. Yeah, <laughs> but we got through it. So Saturday was, so let's just talk about the weekend then since yours are the same. Well, kind of the same. I think I'm going to, I'm going to bring up a different fail. The, I'll start with the fail first. We have fallen behind on laundry. Oh yeah, it's for sure. It's ridiculous now. Yeah. Like the piles are literally up to the ceiling. It's, we don't it's need to tell ridiculous. anyone that. <laughs> okay, we're, we're terrible at keeping up with the laundry Yeah, because it's, it's hard and nobody wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like putting it into the washer and dryer, like that part's easy. But then the folding part, that's what really gets you. Yeah, for okay. sure. And the win is is definitely just getting out. We hit so many bars and clubs this weekend. With Shut the up. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> I can't believe you got a table. That was nuts. I haven't <laughs> dropped that kind of money in a long time. Right. Okay. No, so we didn't Kidding. do that. But we did a bunch of little little kid birthdays. Yeah, it was fun. And we hung out with some friends yesterday, which was nice. Like, it's just nice to like... Be out in the world again. I needed that. Do regular things. I need to. I needed that, and I need to do more of it. Because I'll tell you that he needs that. Yeah, he's, he's a so champ good in those situations. Oh my gosh, he's making me just want to yeah. make a bunch of he's babies. He's chiller when he's out around people. I know. He's, I know. He, yeah. Okay. All right, we're moving on. Okay, and hang on because we have some reviews that we're going to shout out at the end of this episode. Also, we have an amazing um, guest on our show today, so this is a really good one for um, families or expect parents because we actually have our pediatrician, Dr. Joel Gator, on the show today. He is so great. He's been such a um, a support for us. I mean, you'll learn a little bit more as to why and how quickly we leaned on him when we first had Gio. Um, but I'll, I'll get into that a little bit because I think it's kind of a an interesting story now that there's so much going on in the world with the coronavirus talk. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So we actually experienced a form of a virus when Gio was about 28 days old. Not the coronavirus. It was just we had no idea what kind of virus it was. Um, so he had a high fever. We took him into the hospital. And if anyone was following along on Instagram, man, you guys came in and just had so many well wishes for him and gave us a lot of support. But long Long story short, it was probably the most scary thing we've experienced almost in our entire lives, I feel like. Dude, your whole, when that sort of thing happens, your whole world, like, just stops. Mm-hmm. Because you go, geez, we have this four-month-old thing. He's literally helpless, and he's he's struggling. Like, as new parents, like, you have no idea what's going on. I know. And you're just scared that the worst thing in the world is happening. And then he goes through this experience at the hospital, and, like, unfortunately for us, he was he was just young enough that he had to go through all this testing that they wouldn't have had to do. If you were just, like, a, not even a week older. Yeah, right? it was silly. Like a 30-day mark. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it, you know, it's it's an awful experience watching your kid go through that. And it's probably equally as awful, like for you, like for me, like I couldn't even take part of it. Oh, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, for anyone listening who has, you know, a newborn is going to, if 
for some reason, your baby under the age of 29 days or 30 days contracts some sort of virus and they have a high fever and you bring them in, they end up running like, uh, like you said, a lot of, but it's not the virus. It's just the fever part. The fever. They have to figure out what's causing the fever. Sure. Sure. It's an infection of some sort and they need to figure out what it is. So in order to do that, they did what they did on geo, which was like a spinal tap. Mm-hmm. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Then they had to do a catheter, which was like a whole mental journey because he couldn't, he was so dehydrated from the fever that, um, it was, you know, hard for him to get the catheter obviously inside. Um, and then also to drain the liquid cause there wasn't a lot in there. Yes, so they, they had, had to get a urine sample with catheter. Oh my gosh. It was so, right? yeah. And then on the third time, luckily when they went to go right into the tip of the peen eye, the, he ended up peeing out of nowhere so they were able to capture all of it in the tube so that was the only win of that experience and then we ended up being in the hospital for like three nights yeah so wait hold on so they had to do the spinal tap they had to do the the urine sample and they had to draw blood draw blood and then give him fluid they had to prick him twice for Mm -hmm. the blood because he couldn't find a vein the first time and for anyone listening who knows me or has heard me talk about hospitals in general like i am not a hospital person i am not a needle person i am not any sort of pharma person, unless it's like, you know, last resort type of thing. I like to just take the approach that, you know, good sleep, good diet, some sunshine and some positive vibes will get me through. And so when I was in this environment, I had to be so freaking strong. And it was, it was, oh my gosh, you guys, it was almost Halloween. So that weekend was like party central. And everyone that came into the hospital was a trip. They had in, like, in the emergency and yeah, cause we were in the emergency room. Oh, they had the most crazy looking humans and screamers and just alcohol. Po- it was the weirdest experience yeah, it was pretty yeah pretty nice experience <laughs> but we got through it and we got through it with the support of our doctor because he was literally my like right hand person i had him texting us all Dude, throughout the was, night he was texting us at like midnight yeah yeah checking up on him like, and he has incredible. a baby that is geo's age two weeks younger so he was going through you know sleepless nights as well so I mean, in a weird way, it almost worked in our favor because he was up no matter what (laughs) and he was checking in on us. But, oh, it's so nice to find someone that you vibe with. I don't know about you guys listening, but finding a doctor I didn't think was going to be tricky. And we got really lucky. You didn't think was going to be tricky or you did? Yes and no, because a lot of people interview several doctors, right? And I was nervous about the whole experience because I didn't know really what to expect. And I wanted to find someone that aligned with the way that I thought and the fact that, you know, I live a plant-based lifestyle and that's important for our future children. And that was something that we like vibed with and he was supportive of and he works with clients that, you know, are similar to us. And so... Um, we got lucky and he does the integrative pediatrics. So the integrative pediatrics is super interesting because it blends the whole Western and Eastern medicine Uh, world. Don't get into that yet. Okay. We'll let him explain a lot of it. But, um, I just think, you know, prior to having geo, I wasn't even tuned into any sort of medicine period because I didn't really worry about myself. Like I worry about him or I care. I'm not so much worrying. I care. You would rarely go see a doctor for anything, for anything. Like the only time I would get any sort of checkup is when I was booking a job and they make you go and see like a Hollywood doctor, which is like, I mean, not to throw anyone under the bus, but like they basically ask you how you're feeling and then give you, (laughs) they they make sure that you don't have mono in case you have to kiss someone in the movie and then you're pretty much ready to go. So that's uh, the extent of my 
history with doctors. Nice. That sounds like a good experience as well. Yeah. Um, so about that coronavirus, I mean, it is a trip because right now we're in the phase of life where we're interested in being out and about. And now when we're out and about, I feel like people are germaphobes. They're wearing masks. They, you know what Dude, I mean? Yeah. Everyone's saying the stores are sold out of toilet paper and water and like other, other, I guess, perishables or whatever people are stocking up. Like it's the apocalypse or something. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to keep up with it to some degree. Like I, I don't get, I don't engage in the chaos. Right. Cause it's like the media has got it everywhere right now. But from what I do know and actually talking to our doctor, um, look, don't take this as advice or like an absolute. Cause I don't know for sure, but it sounds like this virus has been around for a long time. Like mm-hmm. it's not new. Mm-mm. It, in most cases, it's no worse than the common cold or the common flu, but people are freaking out. I know there's strands of it that can cause, um, like more serious issues like SARS or, or pneumonia. It's like type. a secondary, if you have something secondary to that, like if you're susceptible or your immune system is super low or no, maybe there you're are older different strands of the virus. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but anyways, like it just seems crazy. Like the stock market's plummeted mm-hmm. because of fears and your like whole economies are shutting so down. Tuned Countries in on are like sh- basically shutting off from letting anybody in or out. I just wow. read that this morning. Like there's a part of Northern Italy that literally is like shutting anyone in from coming what? in or out. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And here's what's tricky. You guys, we've got a wedding coming up in April. We wanted to travel with Gio now that he's a champ and he's sleeping and he's, I would imagine that this will be like the talk about this will be long gone by end of April. You think, I do. you think it's going to come and go? I, yeah, I do. Okay. So here's my thought. I think that there's hype around it. Um, because they're trying to pass a vaccine and they're trying to fast track it. And in order to do that, they probably need to create some sort of media frenzies to support the fact that it needs to happen, you know, ASAP. That's my thought. It's a theory, but yeah. I, but I guess this is sort of what's happened in the past in order to pass vaccines so that they don't have to go through the regimented, like, well, if, apparently if there's a pandemic, uh-huh. like if there's widespread fear, um, or like a widespread issue that they can fast track these things. They don't have to go like through the standing, uh, the standard testing procedures. Dude, it's an, it's nuts. Like I'm just trying to live in this beautiful phase of life right now with our five month old. Who's like just the sweetest, cutest little being like this. No, I know. I know. It's just media needs headlines like this. This is how they get views and listens and all that sort of stuff. You know, if if your theory turns out to be somewhat correct, who, who, you'll never know, right? But mm-hmm. Big Pharma has so much money, like that they could potentially pump into the media mm-hmm. to basically help create this fear, mm-hmm. so that ultimately, when they have the vaccine or the cure or whatever, you know, everyone rushes to the north yeah. and get it. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, let's. Do you want to take a, a quick break and and hear what Joel has to say about just everything related to babies? Because you know what? I do, I do. Yeah, no, because I had some good questions for him. I feel like <laughs> pat myself on the back. I was like, this is the first time we've had a doctor on the show. Let's run with it. Um, so we'll take a quick quick break and um, we'll be back with our doctor and then stay tuned because we're gonna shout out some of you guys at the very end. Boom. More adulting like a mother father when we come back. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. 
Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead and then passes those savings directly to you. Yep, Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. And with Mint Mobile, you can stop paying for the unlimited data you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Yeah, and you could use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash motherfather. That's mintmobile.com slash motherfather. Cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash motherfather. And now back to adulting like a motherfather. Here we are, everyone. <laughs> um, hello, adulters. We're back, and we've got Dr. Joel in our studio. He is our pediatrician and our new texting bestie. <laughs> Thank you for coming and sitting across from us and taking time out of your busy schedule. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of here. course. Okay, so um, I want to talk about how I even came across your path, because I know as a new parent, it is really challenging to find the right pediatrician. Yeah, and please do, because this is new for me, too, because I don't really know how you <laughs> Oh, well, let me share, because I remember early on in my pregnancy, people were asking, well, have you been talking to pediatricians? And I just thought, what do you mean? It's kind of like now that the topic is, are you looking at uh, preschools? I'm like, he's four months old. But apparently, (laughs) this is all the things you do in advance. So um, I was working with a midwife, and she suggested, or maybe one of her nurses suggested they just met with you. And you have a newer practice, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just the right timing. We got so lucky. Oh, thank you. Because I, I think you're limited, right, with how many families you work with? We are pretty limited as a pediatrician because you can only take on so many patients. Otherwise, you get full. You don't have enough time to see everybody. So you really get to your limit. Each doctor has a little bit different limit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. So when she <laughs> suggested you, and it just so happened that you were less than five minutes from our house, which is so lucky, um, we I came and met with you and... I remember the conversation pretty well. Well, first, two things. You went and met with him. Yes. And then you said, you need to go and meet with him, too. I said, you need to meet with him, too, because I had never met with any other pediatrician. I just was like, I'm going to meet with him first, because that's who was recommended. And it sounded like we were on the same sort of wavelength in terms of medicine and and wellness and and integrative pediatrics that you Mm -hmm. so greatly specialize in. Um, But I told Andrew, you need to meet him because you're going to love his office. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The vibe in your office is so good. It's like totally our house style. A dream house style, yeah, really. It's not our actual house. It's, yeah, we would. We haven't house. mastered it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> My wife will appreciate that because she did all the she design. She did that? Yeah. Oh, I, wow. I told her that I wanted something more homelike as opposed to, you know, regular yeah. doctor office and she did a great job with that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's so killer. inviting. It's got like, um, like floral or, or like leafy patterns on the wall. And there's plants like cool everywhere. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, so anyways, we sat down for the first time. I was still very pregnant and I just said, you know, couple things i was like how do you feel about the fact that i'm vegan and you were like you're fine it's fine yeah yeah <laughs> I, I was like that that's fine Why yeah and i be love whatever that you like. yeah um and then we asked a bunch of different questions i just felt like we were on the same page and then little did i know in the first like very few weeks of geo's life i would be texting you at midnight saying we can't console him he's inconsolable he's screaming he has i think a fever and that night was crazy because you hung in there with us 
all night long and you had a newborn yourself <laughs> like a two-week-old at that point yeah so i mean i think it's important to have good communication with your, your pediatrician and, and that's why even i think going to meet your pediatrician before is so important and that's why i love doing those interviews because yeah. every doctor's office is different every doctor is different and you never know what's going to be the right fit for you and you go and you test drive a car but if you're having someone taking care of your child and being a part of your family, especially in the first couple of months, mm -hmm. there's usually a lot more communication than as the children get older. Because, you know, when you're three or four, you might just come in once a year. Mm -hmm. But for a baby, you're coming in every couple of months. Especially every when it's day. the first one. Because yes. anything that comes up, we're like, oh, my gosh, what is this? Mm -hmm. And we've, mm -hmm. get and we've had it. a lot of those for some reason. <laughs> Let I, me ask you, is that normal? It's very normal. So okay, that's okay. why I think from a, a parent's standpoint, a lot of parents always feel bad when they message or, or ask questions. That's why I'm always very clear in those first couple weeks, like, please, there's no silly questions, just message, because the first few weeks, there's a lot more that can go wrong. There's a lot more that, that people are worried about, because, you know, you have a newborn, you've never been with a baby before, there's no textbook, really. I mean, you can read whatever book you want, but yeah. you really have to just go through it and see things as you go through it. And so we want you to call. We want you to message, you know, ideally not at 2 in the morning unless something's serious. <laughs> but if you need us, and then you need us. And apparently it was, because, I, I mean, and I can't believe how... Um, just responsive you were that night. I felt so bad texting you at that time because I knew that you were you had like I think a two week old at that point, maybe three week old. And I just really just wanted to thank you because that was yeah. like a really scary moment for us. And of course we ended up in the hospital and you were still so in touch throughout that entire experience. And I think what I loved most and what made me feel the most comfortable as, as a parent, as a new parent, was that you were um, in talks with, like, the team at, at Cedars. Mm -hmm. And so even though I wasn't hearing all the details from their team, I would get, like, a really great text from you that, like, paraphrased exactly what was going on and what tests they were running and how he was doing. And I just – I was blown away by that whole process. And so thank you for that. Well, you're very welcome. And that's, that's to me, what I think is so important is just getting that communication, especially – being on the other side and being in the hospital and, and realizing how little information you have. And now after having my own yeah. kid myself, you, you really see a different side of things than a, as being a doctor and going through training. So it, it, it makes such a difference to have that communication. So I you know, do my best for that. Yeah. And it's pretty helpful, let me <laughs> tell you. Cause do you, let me ask you, is, is it common for a doctor to be so connected with their patients? Obviously you live in this world, like when you look around at maybe some of your, your peers, peers yeah. no, no, not, not as common. So I think that every office has, has gotten, most offices have gotten much better in terms of having some sort of communication. Mm -hmm. A lot of offices, you don't necessarily connect directly with the doctor. They either have a bigger office. So there's somebody on call at all times, or they have a nurse practitioner on call. Most offices have some way of getting a hold of somebody. It's not always a direct communication mm -hmm. with the doctor. Our office is a little bit different mm -hmm. uh, just because uh, the way that I wanted to set up the office, I feel like it's more important to have communication directly with me, but that comes at a cost of having to be available all the time. Yes. Yeah. And so you, you have to do it with only a certain amount of patients, and it has to be the right kind of practice for that. And you have to want to do that. Not every doctor wants to get text at you know, 1030 at night. Yeah. Um, I, I want to know what your wife thinks about that. She, she's totally fine with it. And the truth of the matter is, at least what I found, the more communication availability you have, the less people contact you. That's interesting. so interesting. Yeah. And especially at night. I, I feel like in my old office, when I didn't have this level of communication, there would be a lot more phone calls in the middle of the night. Uh -huh. Very rarely do I get anything past 10 o'clock anymore because people can just text really easily at 8 yeah, or 9 o'clock. And so they, they, most people are respectful of that, and they only message if they really need to. Gotcha. Okay, uh, so maybe it's like wow. a psychological thing. Yeah, it must be. 
Um, okay, so I want to actually talk a little bit about your practice because it is unique to you, at least as far as I know. So mm-hmm. maybe dive into what made you go into the integrative pedia- pediatrics well, of it all. First explain, because there's probably a lot of listeners that yeah, don't even know what that what is, because I didn't know means. what that is until I just asked you out there. What is that? And then what made you dive into it? Sure. So integrative medicine in general is blending the best of you know, Eastern medicine and Western medicine or holistic medicine. So for me, I did all the regular training. I tra- trained at Children's Hospital Los Angeles, had all the great regular Western training. But I got a little bit frustrated with the regular system and, and the pharmaceutical medicine. So having an issue and then only having a medication to treat that. Mm-hmm. And also in the regular system, the really, really short visits that a lot of doctors are required to do now. So I started learning about supplements and uh, Eastern medicine and all sorts of other modalities and try to blend those together yeah. for the best for the patient. So I'm not against Western medicine at all. I think we have all sorts of amazing treatments. Sometimes you have a bad pneumonia, you need antibiotic. If you get hurt, they're in the hospital. We have it there and you can get MRIs and all sorts of things. But a lot of the time there is other options available, yeah. things that you can do that have fewer side effects that you could try first. So for example, for maybe some ear pain, there might be some drops that you could do as opposed to just taking antibiotics. If you have a cough, you can think about maybe some vitamin C or elderberry syrup or other things that can help the cough instead of taking cough medication. Right. If you need it, great. But most of the time you don't. If you try some of those other things first, then your child will get better and you never need to do the, the medication. Right, right. I mean, perfect example, I'd say, is, you know, recently when Gio's had this rash that we've been, like, struggling with, mm-hmm. you, before anything serious, you just kind of wanted to give us a bunch of really great natural options because these babies are so little. And, you know, exposing them to, to things that are a lot more intense or the, the medical side well, of things. It can be harmful, too. Yeah, they'll have side effects. Right. Right. And especially with the rashes, it's a great example. So from the medical standpoint, the main items that we would use would be a steroid cream, an antibiotic cream, or a fungal cream. Mm -hmm. And if it's a very mild, say, viral rash, none of those are really going to do a ton. You could use a steroid cream. But again, there's side effects from that. And there's so many other natural creams and lotions out there that you could try first. You could do like a calendula cream or castor oil or coconut oil or shea butter or something like that. And if you do that and the rash goes away, great. Then you never need to use a medication. But if it's not getting better, then maybe that's the time to use the medication. But you also want to be in contact with your doctor because if it's something serious, it might not be the time to do calendula cream. You might need a medication. Yeah, I think that's what's so helpful about having access to you and, and the relationship that we've had even recently because we gave you basically pictures and, and what he was feeling and you sort of like gave us an idea as to how to approach it. And yeah. I want to report right here on our podcast that Geo's rash has subsided oh, due yeah. to Don't a beautiful cream. Don't, Don't jinx it. I it's sw- still there a little bit. <laughs> All right, everyone, sit tight and we'll be right back for some more adulting like a mother father. Do you guys own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All right, guys, we're back. Here's adulting like a mother father. 
Um, I'm going to just say what the the ointment is that we've been using okay. in case anyone out there is listening because I didn't realize how common rashes were. I thought we were mm-hmm. on our own island. I thought we were failing at parenting. Yeah, this, this was so important about being able to connect with you quickly is from a new parent standpoint, like if something comes up, it's brand new for us. Mm-hmm. And it's scary because we've never been there before. I want to know as quickly as possible that it's not something really serious. Like it may be uncomfortable. It may be annoying to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I want to know that it's not serious. And then we can like go through the progression of, of treating it. And to me, having access to you to be able to ask those questions is like it's so important. And I'm so grateful for that because with this rash, like – he, he fusses a little bit already, but he's been fussing a lot and screaming mm. a lot. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's something really wrong here. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But to just have that little voice from you say, like, he's OK. It's really common. Go through these things first. If you're not seeing any severe symptoms. He's, he's probably OK. That's huge for me. I think that makes a huge difference. And for us, a lot of our job actually is just doing that. It's just saying, yeah. well, this is okay. This is normal. And that's what a lot of the training comes in to try to help us differentiate. This is a normal thing versus this is something you took to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, and and now as a parent, again, it's I can see the other side of it. You don't really realize it as a doctor until you have your own kid, yeah. how scary even the littlest things can be. And, and that's me having training in this. So someone who, who, never had any medical training you see a little rash pop up you don't realize that you know every kid has a rash every other day and there's really not much that we're going to do about it 99 percent of the time but to you it's like is this something serious going on is it measles is it whatever if you're if you're a new parent you just don't know you hear the news and you know you hear coronavirus going around or whatever and that's the first thing that everybody (laughs) thinks right is 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 this something super and that's what you should do you're a parent and you want to keep your kid healthy and you don't want to miss something serious and, and and that's where the communication is so helpful because yeah. you you know you can message me or someone can message their their doctor and they say no no it's it's pretty normal don't worry about it come in a couple of days if it's not getting better and and that calms the situation down and allows the body to heal as opposed to jumping straight to a medication which could cause its own issues down the road and side effects right yeah i, I think the timing of you having eli and us having geo <laughs> yeah, i mean it has perfect. been just magic <laughs> Because we're going through so many of the mm-hmm. same things. So let me talk about something that's been brought up a lot in our Mommy and Me classes. And I, if mommies out there are listening, daddies are out there listening, let's talk about sleep training mm-hmm. because I have my own feelings on it. I think Andrew has his own feelings on it, and I'm sure you have your own feelings on it. And because a lot of people in my class are saying, well, we talked to our pediatrician. This is what they recommend. Or our baby's this weight, this age, this and that. What What is sort of the consensus when it comes to sleep training, when people ask you, am I ready for it? What do you what do you feel about it? So the reason you're hearing lots of different opinions because there is no consensus, okay. I would say. Everybody has their own opinion on it. And, and usually there's a pretty dichotomous opinion, especially in medicine these days. Everything is, you know, th- one way is crazy or the other way is crazy and everything else doesn't make any sense. But the mm-hmm. truth is it's usually somewhere in the middle. Okay. And for the most part, for my opinion, it's you do whatever you think makes the most sense and is going to keep you the least uh, crazy. Keep you decrease the stress as much as you can. So, how, how often do you go off just feeling? Like a lot of people say, do what feels right. Most of the time, if it's not something medical, then I think that's usually the way to go because everybody has 
their own beliefs, just like you were talking about being yeah. vegan. And so uh, as long as it's not unhealthy, I think that you should support your families and their decisions and, and move forward. And when it's specific to sleep training, so I'm a fan of sleep training. I think that I've, ne- well, I've never had any parent come back to me and say, I'm so upset I did sleep training. It's always, I wish I did it six months ago. Mm, um, interesting. The, the opposite side of the sleep training is that there are some people that think that you should just allow your kid to naturally sleep train. And if you uh, have them cry, then it could affect them in the long term. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no studies that I've ever seen that show that doing any sleep training or or having your kid cry a little bit is going to have any long-term effect on them mentally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly when you learn a new skill, it's frustrating. So there's probably going to be a little bit of crying. But most of the time, you can sleep train within three, four days, and they're sleeping pretty well. And and there's sleep consultants out there, and and they usually work with families in two, three days. They have their kids sleeping like like the family wants. And Mm -hmm. it's been months, maybe a year, year and a half, where their kid's getting up every two, three hours, and eventually you get to the point where you're just so frustrated and you need to sleep that you, you work with somebody, and a couple of days later, it's usually significantly improved. So I'm not against that. Now, what age should people do it? Again, that, that varies a lot. A lot of the sleep trainers say somewhere between two to four months. I'm a fan of somewhere three, four months, I think, is a reasonable time. But you also know your own kid. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to be super stressful for you to do sleep training, you really don't want to have your kid cry at all. Just don't do it. Do it later. Mm. Yeah. But if it's if you're you know if you're back at work and you're waking up every two three hours and you really need that sleep and you're okay to work on it a little bit, then then go for it. I don't think there's any problem. And the key really is if you're going to do it, you got to figure out which plan you're going to do and then stick to it 100%. Because if you, you know, if if after 20 minutes of crying, you give in and and you you go feed, then you've taught your kid, okay, well, after 20, 30 minutes, you're going to get food and it's going to make it worse. So you really... (laughs) It's just so hard. (laughs) It is. Yeah. It's hard. So, okay. I just, because I know there's been no studies that show that there could be some side effects from having them cry, is there like just a general range that is what you would recommend safe or are there signs you should look for? Because I think our challenge is, is that obviously our heart hurts when he's crying for X amount of time, Mm -hmm. but then also we just worry like, is this going to affect him, you know, stress-wise? We thought maybe the rash, because it kind of came simultaneously when we decided, like, maybe we'll start letting him cry it out a little bit. Then I realized, oh, well, rashes can be caused by stress. And, like, do we want our baby to be stressed? Like, I don't know. So I I wouldn't think that the rash had anything to do with stress, especially at this time of year in the winter, Mm -hmm. and there's so many viral rashes. But could it affect them? I think theoretically it could, but there's no specific evidence of that. It just depends who you speak to. And and at least in my personal opinion, this is just my opinion, uh, three, four days of a little bit more crying versus uh, a year, six months of crying every night, stress every night, waking up. Sure. The balance is much in favor to me of doing some sleep training because you have a couple of days where it's rough, Mm -hmm. but then they sleep better, you sleep better, your stress levels are lower, your children's stress levels are lower. So yes, for those couple of days, it's a little higher, but it's way lower overall. And that's what most people have told me when they come back. But that's just my personal opinion based no, on what I've seen. No, that makes so much sense. And I think I need to wrap my head around it because, yeah, I think just maybe it's... And because I nurse still, like, it's so... For me, it's like, mm-hmm. do I just walk in there and, like, stick them on me for five minutes and the, the rest of the night's, you know, easier? I just need to wrap my head around just, like, being maybe a little bit more... Um, I don't know, strong in those moments. And I feel like you are the strong one. I'm the weak one. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is that Andrew's all about bringing someone in to help us. I'm more in favor of being the 
the parents to do it because I just don't I'm not okay with the idea of someone just being there that's a stranger who doesn't have the same invested interests like mm-hmm. it's just different um, but I think you just want it done and handled and, and them sleeping and I just said to him in so many words like whether it's someone doing it or us doing it there's no real in between they're going to have to cry there is mm-hmm. going to be crying involved and we have one wall that we share with Gio it's yeah, right the, there the, the difference is if somebody else is helping like you can just kind of separate yourself. You know that there's somebody in there watching over, so he's going to be safe. And that's my biggest thing is, is, you know, I don't know what the complications could be if you, you didn't have help and you just let your kid cry it out. Like, I don't know if there's anything that could come up that could pose a problem. You could, but in, in reality, you're still going to check to make sure that they're okay. So you just right. want to make sure that there's no health issues, that we didn't get into weird position, that we don't have a diaper. Yes. But it's more about... Uh, once they're doing that, you know they're okay, then just kind of letting things go. And there's so many different methodologies to do that. And also there is a middle ground. You don't necessarily have to have a person come in, but you can work with a sleep consultant who gives you a plan Mm. that you follow too. So it can be a predetermined plan that you have that you follow. But at the end of the day, it's it's something that you just have to decide that you want to do. Whenever, whenever you want to do it, if you want to do it, most kids are going to sleep just fine by the time they get to college, right? Yeah, so that's they'll, how they'll I, get there, right? I wrap my head around it. I'm like, you I know what? In four months, he went from crying. I mean, almost every two hours awake, and now we're going four hours, and we've gotten even a five hour stretch in there. So I'm like, I'm seeing progress. So mm-hmm. I think we might be on that more gradual approach um, until I think, like you mentioned, one of us is at a point where it's just no more. We can't take it anymore. Um, well, we were sidebar, there. We we've were been there. there before, a couple nights ago. Yeah, but listen it comes and it goes and i think mm-hmm. you like recover and you yeah. like you have this rebuttal <laughs> moment and you're like i got this we're fine um and we take a new approach yeah and and also even if you do the sleep training kids regress all the time things change sure. you go on a trip their their schedule yeah. gets thrown off so it's it's no perfect way to do it i would say average is six to nine months when people do sleep training because they're about fed up at that point and they need yeah. to get some sleep but there's lots of people that do it at three months or four months and, and their kids sleep through the whole night so it just depends it's so variable and you can mm-hmm. also sleep train your kid just won't do it right, too. right so that's also an option yeah more adulting like a mother father when we come back Getting in shape doesn't have to be about losing a specific amount of weight or a magic number on the scale. It's really about building healthier habits and feeling better about yourself. Yeah, because everyone is different. Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyzing your diet and recommending healthy recipes. And Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers. So you have all the support you need to empower your change. Yeah. I love Noom because it helps me with my own personal goals. I I always have ongoing goals of better self-care and just feeling more energy. Uh, And what's cool about Noom is it gives me the ability to understand my thought patterns um, and then recreate my habits based on what it's logging for me and create better ones. So it's not like, it's not an all and I don't have to do one thing. It just helps me look at the things that I'm doing today and make better choices going forward. Yeah, it's based in psychology. So Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. It's it's not a diet. It's just a healthy and easy to stick to way of life. So I, I don't know. I think that's like what we need and more in our life, don't you? Yeah, and for people with... Um, 
I would say specifically weight loss goals, right? What's cool about it is with Noom, no food is good, bad, or off limits. It teaches you moderation and can be used in conjunction with many pre-existing popular diets. Yeah, so you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. So sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash adulting. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash adulting. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash adulting to start your trial today. That's Noom.com slash adulting. And now back to adulting like a mother father. Question for you, just kind of a little sidebar that I'm, I'm curious about. Do you, do you change Eli throughout the night, a diaper? He is a magical sleeper, so he usually sleeps what? eight plus hours. What? That's what you told me a long time ago. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. At what age did he start doing he that? He started doing that six, six, seven weeks. Yeah, no, I remember you <laughs> saying that, and I was like, wow. There, but that's a thing. I've had so many people tell me in, in class where it's like, you know, you have this circle of mommies, and it's like, yeah, my baby slept at six weeks, and then you have the nine-month-old who has never slept a full night. So it's yeah. just, it's not personal no, it's, he's, and he's a terrible napper during the day. He barely sleeps during the day, but mm, at gotcha. night he's a good sleeper. I'll take it. That trade for me is fine. But yeah, yeah. of course, uh, of course. I, I don't know why. I don't think there's any specific reason. Just some kids, you hear it in the office every now and again. Oh, they slept ten hours from the two months old. And if that happens, wow. great. But that's not normal. Yeah. Right, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> I think that's like the the takeaway is like every kid's going to be different, mm-hmm. and you really just have to trust your gut and your stress level and what you can manage. Kind of determines whether or not it's time to to really take a different approach. Mm-hmm. Okay. What okay, I want to know something. What's been the hardest part for you having your own kid? Like, what's been the toughest part of the process? Because you've been working with kids for six or seven years, mm-hmm. right? What's different about having your own? I think it's just the. You have a knowledge of the medical aspect of things, and so every little thing can make you also nervous in that way because you know about all the the terrible things that Mm -hmm. can happen. So, you know, a little cough, a little congestion, you're thinking about 10 steps down the road what it it could be. And so to me, just seeing it from that end, and then also experiencing a lot of the things that I talk to families about all the time, it's Mm. such an interesting thing as, as a pediatrician, you know, the different milestones. Like, okay, this is normal. This is when they should be doing it. But actually seeing it, in Eli as he's going through. I'm like, oh, okay, he's, he's almost rolling over now. Oh. It's got to make yeah. you better okay. in your practice, though, right? I think it helps a lot because it gives you an understanding of what people are going through and appreciation. So when, when somebody does message you panicked or uh, for a little you know rash or something like that or they message you in a panic because a little bit of a cough and you're like oh it's just a virus it's fine but you get a much better understanding of the level of nervousness that would come along with that especially if you have no have never had this happen before mm-hmm. um so that to me has been the biggest change okay okay yeah. and then obviously this is adulting like a mother father sometimes we talk about adulting fails adulting wins or triumphs what's been your biggest fail as of recent that you could share with this. Ooh. Oh, biggest fail. Uh, not putting the diapers on correctly, so you get super huge blowouts from yeah. my wife in the car all over everything. <laughs> oh, the car seat. The oh, car yeah. seat is prone to a blowout. Oh, it's, definitely. It's something about that position. It's it's not your fault, Joel. It happens to everyone. I know. I know. we got to <laughs> put it on tight enough. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I have a couple things, because I really want to talk about this wellness kit that you're coming out with mm-hmm. and the summit that you're involved with. But before that, um, I think a lot of people are curious um, when it comes to food and food. I think, what is it called? Weaning? Uh, weaning of... Like, or sorry, like there's like, when you're introducing food, right? Uh-huh. Okay. There's a lot of different perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. Some people believe that they, everything should be um, 
pureed and and some people sure. believe in like tangible foods and experiencing like the, the way that we eat right yeah what is what is your take and and is there a time when you should start introducing foods i know for some reason there's a lot of fear around this i was in a class recently mm-hmm. where it was like a mom was really stressed out about introducing food i think there's you know the fear of choking fear mm-hmm. of allergies mm-hmm. so on and so forth i got i got it now so baby led weaning is what you were yes i think mentioning about so that's where you, know, you can give like whole foods to kids and and so this is this whole new thing that's come in and it's causing a lot of stress for parents because they're not sure whether they should just start with a puree or go to Whole Foods. And and to me, logically, it makes much more sense to start with purees. Yeah. I don't know. It just it seems a little bit more scary to me to start with a Whole Food and just give your kid that with a choking hazard. <laughs> mm-hmm. But from the research and from what I've seen, the kids do okay with it. There hasn't been a lot of information that kids are choking. So I don't think it's a problem to do it. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes back to what's going to make you the least stressed out. If it's going to be super stressful for you to give a whole carrot to your child, uh, it, that's a little, you know, a little softer, but still there, just don't do that. Just start with a puree yeah. and go from there. And then what age? So average in pediatrics, we recommend around six months. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do different ages. A lot of places around the world do different ages. But a little bit earlier is fine if you feel like you're your child is ready. If if we have a kid that locks on to any food that you mm-hmm. bring out into the world drools. and drools immediately, mm-hmm. and do you think he's ready? <laughs> Pro- probably. So the, the big things for readiness that we talk about from the medical perspective are, one, looking interested in food, two, have some ability to hold your head up, and three, actually be able to push the food from the front of the mouth to the back of the mouth. Okay. And that's the big skill that usually stops kids from being able to eat because they don't, they don't really swallow. They don't push the food back with their tongue, so just kind of spit it all out. So yeah. you can try, you know, especially after four months. A lot of kids can do it, no problem. So if you want to try a spoonful here or there, go for it. But average is, is six months. But again, everyone does it differently around the world. So yeah. mm-hmm. if you like, I think I think he's ready. You can try it. If we just spit out, okay, wait for a couple more weeks. Yeah. Um, but but again, back to the baby lay weaning. If it's going to be stressful, don't don't do it. And to me, logically, you start with something mashed up, pureed. Try that first. Increase, you know, add one thing in every couple of days, and then as we start to be successful, that then you could do something with a little more texture. That to me makes logical sense, yeah. but but everyone has their own opinions on this stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a balance. I was talking about this with another mom, and I was just saying, like, I mean, we could just start with soft. They don't have teeth, so mm-hmm. I would make sense to do something that's soft, mm-hmm. and then I would sort of eat the way that we eat. Like we eat soups, that's pureed, mm-hmm. you know. So why would what's the issue of like a little balance, a little bit of both? Right, and it's also changed a lot in terms of what people offer first. Because it used to be rice cereal was the common thing that people would start with, and now there's a lot of data on. Oh, there's arsenic in there, other toxins. So mm-hmm. people have just moved towards real foods, which I think makes sense, anyways, mm-hmm. just to go towards real food. So just start with some sort of vegetable. Or fruit, whatever you want. Avocados, easy. Yeah. Bananas, easy. Yam, squash, peas, carrots, oh gosh, whatever it is. <laughs> any of, any it. of these to be are We're starting easy. today. <laughs> no, no. I want to ask this question because if you're still breastfeeding, right, isn't mm-hmm. there some sort of like not rule, but like, shouldn't you be doing that primarily, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're still breastfeeding, he would use this, like, introducing food would be completely supplemental, and it would be more of an experiment than it would be for nutrition. Correct. So right when you first start, you're getting most of your calories from breast milk or formula, and the food is just supplemental. And your goal is to start at around six months, and then you work your way up to mostly your calories from food by a year. Okay. So there's a progression there. There's no specific way to do it, but they're obviously going to eat a little bit more as they get older and then after one for a kid let's say if they're on formula um, then a lot of people switch from just formula to regular milk or just to water at one so you don't necessarily need any milk after one lots of people breastfeed for years and then that's fine if that's your choice but you don't necessarily need the calories from that anymore if you're eating okay after one but 
at six months, like you're saying, it's just extra. Okay. 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 That's good to know. And then um, transitioning from breast milk is just my own question because we are plant based. Um, mm-hmm. What would be an appropriate um, milk or like plant based milk that you would recommend? So that's another good question. So we don't. I don't think we even necessarily need milk anymore. Uh, we ha- kids have so many issues with with dairy with other milks. And, and to me, when people ask me what what should they transition to, I always just say rotate. So we were told, you know, you need milk for your bones and for calcium. And then over the years, Americans have the worst bones and most osteoporosis around the world. So we know that we're obviously not getting enough from, from, from milk. And so I would say, you know, if you, there's pea milk out there now. Um, there's also a lot of people do goat milk and camel milk. There's, uh, there's so many different kinds. Almond milk is probably the most common one that people will use. So in general, just, just rotate. Have a couple of different ones, and then you get a little bit from each one. Because you never know in five years where we're going to be like, oh, I can't believe we were having almond milk. There were so much chemicals in, in that. So if you mm-hmm. rotate, you're never going to get in a position where you have too much of one thing. Sure. I uh, think for us, we'll probably make our own. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be what we do. Who's doing that part? <laughs> Dad. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll share. We'll both do it. We have this great thing called um, the almond cow. It just literally makes mm-hmm. your own milk. So it's great. Yeah, we'll my do wife that. does that every once in a while, too. And it's, 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 so it's a little bit of work. It's not a crazy amount of work. But anytime you can make anything, it's going to be a higher quality yeah. Yeah. than what you can buy. And you know exactly what's in there if you're, if you're making it. It's just really the time factor. But it's so important to be making our own food. We're so disconnected from food yes. yeah. right now. And, and that's where we're running into huge issues with toxins because we're getting mass-produced products and we're forgetting about real food. Yeah. Ugh, so, I love that you just said that. I, a quick question, sidebar mm-hmm. for me. Um, look, I know you work with kids. But we kind of talked about health on a broader scale while we were waiting out there. What do you think is the biggest issue when, when you think about health you know, at a society level, so everyone included, what do you think is the biggest issue? And then what do you think we can do to make things better? To me, the biggest issue overall is chronic disease. And the reason that we're having these skyrocketing rates of chronic disease, talking about, so CDC, they say 50% of people have a chronic disease. So we're talking about like asthma, eczema, rashes, cancer, everything gets lumped into there. But that number just continues to go up. And to me, the biggest issue is that we're forgetting about the foundations of health. And and what I call it is the the seeds of health. So sleep, uh, environment, exercise, diet, and stress. The Mm. things that are really foundational to our health. And we have gone so far away from those aspects. And so we're just getting to this level of inflammation and toxicity that our bodies just can't handle it anymore. Right. Okay. Wow. It really comes back to the basics. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's it's hard because so much of, you know, our lives revolve around just like quick fixes Mm -hmm. and not a lot of people want to go to the gym or cook a nice whole, you know, food meal. It's so much easier to just say, oh, I have a headache. Let me take an Advil. Like I've never been that kind of person. In fact, I don't know that I've ever taken an Advil or anything like that because I'm like so just different. I'm like, no, I need to drink more water. I need to eat, you know, something full of nutrients. So I think that's a really great takeaway for people listening is that like just just kind of simplify things. Yeah, just make time for those things mm-hmm. because yeah. if you don't have your health, what do you have anyways? Exactly. And when it comes to the practice, the majority of the benefits that you see, even from chronic disease, someone with a rheumatologic issue or, or eczema, if you change those basics, you get the most bang for your buck, a lot more than if you do a medication. Right. So if you have eczema and a bad rash, well, yeah, okay, steroids might help and there's nothing wrong with that in the short term, but you're just putting a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. You're just putting a Band-Aid on it. And, and so one of the funny examples is someone who's has pain on their bottom and they, they give them a Tylenol for that. And then you keep they keep giving them Tylenol and Tylenol. But then you realize they're sitting on tax. 
right? right? If you don't take out the actual uh-huh. problem, if you don't deal with it, then it's never you're never going to get a resolution. And so when it comes to the foundations, that's where, where it's so key because if you're not eating healthy, if you're eating some toxin every day, then that might be the root cause of why you have one of these medical issues. Right. So good. Yeah, um, makes sense. Yeah, I, I think we all can learn from that because I think just in the climate that we're in, we're especially just being an adult, like you have so much going on, so much that you're trying to balance that sometimes it's hard for us to just look outside of our, our world and say, okay, what can we do to just make things easier on ourselves and how can we take better care of ourselves? And it starts at being a baby, you know? You know yeah. It starts with <laughs> the basics. All right, everyone, sit tight, and we'll be right back for some more adulting like a mother-father. Okay, I I seriously cannot wait for the day where we get to take Gio on his first vacation. I know, me too. A nice little family vacation. He could go to his first theme park. I can't even imagine it all. It's going to be surreal. Can you imagine his face like when he gets on the ride for the first time? No, but I can't wait to take one of those pictures home with us and keep it forever and ever. (laughs) So if you're planning a vacation, we all know it's hard work and it's overwhelming. I know that it costs a lot of money. Personally, that's probably one of the reasons why we've avoided it. Are expensive, so expensive. But we found this thing called Undercover Tourist, and you need to know about them if you're planning a theme park vacation. Undercover Tourist can save you significant time and money. Yeah, look, if if you like theme parks like we do, it's a no-brainer, right? If you know you're going to go, you know that they're expensive. If there's a tool out there to save you some money, why would you not use it? It takes no effort whatsoever. With Undercover Tourists, you can get the exact same tickets to theme parks you know and love for less. There's no catch. You can save up to $145 on each theme park ticket. Wow, that's significant. Think of the savings for a family of four or six or 10 or 12. I can't imagine. I mean, that's a lot of money you could be saving. Um, They're an authorized seller. They have 20 years of quality service providing theme park and attraction tickets at a discounted price. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and over 1 million app downloads on their Orlando Wait Times app. Wow. Yeah. So, obviously, it's a a very um, trusted source. Absolutely. It's definitely something you guys should check out. Um, hassle-free. They've got planning tools to make, you know, waiting in line a breeze. They've got blogs you can follow. And you don't even have to get physical tickets, right? You can get them emailed right to you. So easy. Um, Undercover Tourist is the trusted name for theme park tickets. Start planning your next theme park vacation now by visiting undercovertourist.com slash adulting. That's an additional discount using adulting on top of the big savings already offered through Undercover Tourist. That's undercovertourist.com slash adulting. We're back. Here's adulting like a mother father. So, okay. So one more thing. I'm just going a different direction again, but going back to your practice, the other thing you told me out there, which I really loved is that you wanted to build a small practice for a reason, right? But with a practice, like you're only one body, you can only help so many people. You can only see so many people in a day. So you've put together this, um, online summit, right? Mm -hmm. Which that can be put out there at, at scale for anybody that's looking for help in these areas. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So in uh, on March 19th to 23rd, we're putting together the Integrated Pediatric Summit, and we, we put out the word to a lot of experts and actors and, and just people in different areas and parents, and, and we're trying to get this information out there in a much bigger way. So talking about things like diet and exercise and sleep and, and why those things are so important and what are the simple solutions that you can do at home. Because to me, with everything with social media now, there's so much doom and gloom. There's so much, you know, oh, this toxin is horrible. This thing's going to kill us. This is going to do whatever. And we need actual solutions, things that you can do at home to help 
with your family. And, and so no one's really ever put this in a way where it's very practical for parents. It's more modern. We used to read a lot of books, but most people are not reading as many books anymore. People are getting a lot of their information from social media. And so trying to mix those two together, I'm working with a filmmaker, and we're, we're trying to get this quality information from top experts to 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 everybody. And so that, that's pretty much what we're doing. And it's all, it's all free uh, online, just information. And we get parents, we got uh, all sorts of people involved, and they can tell you how... how this influenced them, what they did that worked, and, and we can work together to start creating a community where people can help each other to get their kids and families back to health. Yeah, it's amazing. So awesome. That is like, I mean, there's no better way of reaching, you know, more people and getting that information out there. I think in my small community of like friends and family and whatever, I feel like you're just an anomaly the way that you treat your practice. And I've said so many words like I wish that you had access to him or like that maybe maybe you need to break up with your pediatrician I don't know you know <laughs> but like until then like to be able to have this out there for people to just tune in at you know any given moment or if there's a challenge they're approaching like you have this this information it's so helpful is yeah. this the wellness kit or is this separate this, so the summit is different than the wellness kit so we're doing both simultaneously so we can get them out at the same time so the wellness kit is more of a course okay, okay. Uh, and so the wellness kit what we're doing is first it's broken into sections so the first section is explaining what integrative pediatrics is and and why I think it's so important and what the difference is between conventional medicine and, and integrative medicine the second section we have a bunch of experts from different fields explaining what their field is and how that integrates into western medicine so you may never have heard of Ayurveda you may never have heard of homeopathy you may never have heard of you know, Chinese medicine or you might know a little bit about let's say acupuncture but you want to learn a little bit more so we have each of these professionals, and we ask them a bunch of very similar questions to run through and you know, for 10, 15 minutes, and you get a bunch of information about their field and how that might be practical to something that you're going through. And then the third section is going through the most common things I see in the office, so like cough, colds, diarrhea, constipation, rashes, and then talking about those things from a Western and Eastern perspective. So going through the different modalities that you might be able to use for your own child when you're going through something. So it's, everyone's different. So it's not, it's not medical advice. It's just educational information. But it gives you a, we have a tree for each section on, you know, you can think about Chinese medicine for this. You can think about this herb. Oh, and, and, so it just yeah. gives you a bunch of different perspectives. It gives you a bunch of different perspectives. So if you have a rash, here's the 30 things that you can consider doing. It doesn't mean it's right for you, and these are some things you can talk to your practitioner about. But it opens up people's eyes because when, you, when you're when you not thinking about a lot of this stuff, it might be here's your rash, here's your steroid cream. But if you're like, oh, well, maybe I could use calendula cream, maybe I could use shea butter, then you can research those things a little bit more. And my hope in the long term is if enough people want to use this kind of modality, then more practitioners are going to learn about this stuff. Yeah. Because it's not that doctors don't want to do this. It's we never learned about it. You have to learn about it on your own. It's not right. part of medical training. But if more people want this and we start seeing the benefits of it, which I see in the practice and every integrative doctor sees it, then then more doctors are going to learn about some of these things mm -hmm. and that's going to be super helpful but you were you were telling me before we actually came on that the the demand is is coming or it's already there for this type yeah. of approach right Th but this is not the future <laughs> yeah this is the present yeah right it, it's the the interest in integrative medicine so far surpasses 
the practitioner's ability. I mean, we have to, we, we cannot take on nearly as many patients. I know for most people that have learned functional medicine, they have year to year wait lists to get into wow. their practice. It's just, there are some people that are interested in this because there's so much chronic disease and the regular Western system just doesn't have the the capabilities to handle it. it's just a different paradigm and the paradigm needs to shift and so the more that these become evidence-based and we see uh, improvements in patients the more that doctors are going to say hey you know maybe i need to learn a little more about this and and then we get the information that we need because the problem is is a lot of this stuff isn't studied uh, isn't studied as much there's lots of information out there but it's hard to have a double-blind control trial on ginger or oregano, oregano oil, because there's nothing that you can patent on that, mm, right? So, so it's 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 not a knock on pharmaceutical companies. Their job is to make money and to make products, and they make lots of great products that save lives. But when you have a natural product, you can't do the appropriate research on that to prove it to work or not, because who's spending the ten billion dollars mm. to do that study? Right? right. So that's why we don't right. have that information. But it, it's also important to study this stuff because some stuff could be dangerous, right? You don't want to give sure. kids something dangerous as well. So that's where the balance has to come in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what was what I was going to say is what blew my mind is L.A. is a massive place. And he said there's three people practicing integrative medicine in all of L.A. There are very few people. So there's more adult practitioners, but okay. for pediatrics, there's very, very few. There's some people that are kind of integrative, but there's not that many people that have done full training in integrative medicine just because it's a lot extra. If you go through medical school, it's already four years plus three years. Right. And then you're going to go do more training on the side. You don't really need to do that if, you don't, if you're not interested in it. You have to want yeah. to learn so it. For people looking for um, you know, maybe a doctor that takes this approach and they're not in L.A., is there a source that they can go to to find people in their area other than just going to Google and saying – so, not really, but so I just took over integratedpediatrics.com and we're actually doing that because that's the exact question wow. I keep getting all the time. So, we're creating a practitioner finder, um, but functional medicine, so Institute of Functional Medicine, you can go on to that. Um, and they have doctors, you can just type into Google and look for a naturopathic doctor, an integrated pediatrician. But that's what I'm actually building right now with the new website because I get this question all the time. You know, my kid. Thanks so much for your information, but my kid's in, in Ohio. You know, is there an integrative doctor here? And I have no idea, right? right? So we're trying to build some sort of practitioner finder to try to build that. So that's going to be in the next couple months. We're doing a lot right now. So it's that's amazing. Of, oh, my that's gosh. Amazing. That's, it. that's in, the, awesome. in, the, in the pipeline. That's awesome. That is, that's really awesome. So one takeaway before we let <laughs> you go, what's one thing for listeners that they can do literally today to improve their health? What's, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Think about your diet. So that's the number one thing that you could do. There's so much uh, crap in our foods. There's the sugars and the preservatives. And so the first thing that you can do is eat whole foods, uh, go to their farmer's market, plant a garden, do something that involves just improving your diet even 5%. Okay. And that's going to make a huge difference for your health. Love that. Oh, that is the best thing I could have heard. Thank you so much. I yeah, feel like there's you. more that we can ask you, but thankfully I can text <laughs> you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on our show and go enjoy your little baby boy, Eli. We so appreciate for all your information. And please, before we let you go, can you just tell our listeners everything, to how they can find your wellness kit, how they can tune into the summit, where they could follow you? Sure. So uh, integratedpediatrics.com is probably the easiest place. We have the connections of the wellness kit and the summit there, or you can go to integratedpediatrics.com slash summit that's where the summit uh, sign up will be and then my instagram is dr joel gator so you could find everything there too beautiful thanks for coming yay thank you we'll thank you dr soon. joel <laughs> <laughs> more adulting like a mother father when we come back 
There is a new perspective on performance apparel. It's perfect if you are sick and tired of traditional old workout gear that smells and is stretched out. I know I have some of that in my wardrobe, but I never wear it because I have Viore now. Viore makes the most comfortable and most stylish workout clothes um, that I have so far. I just love that the fabrics are really, really soft, really, really cute. Um, They fit me really well. It's um, designed to look great every day outside of the gym, so you can go from a workout and go have lunch, go grab a coffee, whatever you need to do. And it's perfect for travel. I just, I personally am a huge fan. Um, I think workout clothes can tend to be a little bit of an investment, but if you're anything like me, I try to get the most use out of my workout clothes. Someone was asking me the other day, like, what's your style? And I'm like, honestly, um, if I could wear leggings and a cute little tank, I'm happy. Or a comfortable sports bra. That's another thing on my list. Those are tricky. Um, you guys, check out Viore. Huge fan. Um, it's an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, Viore is offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable, most versatile clothing on the planet at vioreclothing.com slash adulting. That's V-U. O-R-I clothing.com slash adulting. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but you can enjoy free shipping on any U.S. order over $75 and free returns. Just go to vioreclothing.com slash adulting and discover the versatility of their Viore clothing. Now back to adulting like a mother father. Okay, guys, we are back. Um, That was interesting. And I think it's so cool to be able to have, you know, a doctor on the show and someone that I think we totally vibe with. And I love that he's doing this summit because for anyone who's around the world, they can get this kind of information at their fingertips and they don't have to, you know, be local to him specifically. And the fact that there aren't a lot of integrative doctors around, this makes it just so much I don't know, easier for people to yeah. Have access. Yeah. You know, what's crazy. I, I don't know if we talked about it on the actual podcast or not, um, with him, but what he told us is there's only three integrative pediatricians in all of Los Angeles. It's crazy. Crazy. So there's not a ton of people out there. Um, we talked about the summit, uh, right. Which is what you can access, um, with, with Dr. Joel, they've actually pushed back the dates on that. Mm-hmm. So just for clarification, guys, the, the new release dates are May 13th through 17th. So I think we talked about March. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's May 13th through 17th. And we'll have the link below in the description. So be sure to check that out. And um, we'll actually be at the summit as well. In the summit. That's right. What does that mean? You're like, we're like in the internet. No, we're in the- <laughs> We got to we're talk about, line, you know, our experience with um, Gio's birth and that situation we had and just moving forward what integrative pediatrics means to us in our everyday lives with mm-hmm. geo um it's something that i think we we probably don't talk enough about but um i think it's a really important subject because we live in a world where environmental causes are constantly just wearing on us you know and i think we need to take the action that we can which you know good good environment good health good diet good sunlight, good sleep, the whole thing, like that is key to, you know, healthy balance. Yeah. I want to deem it like a wholesome approach. Yeah. A wholesome you know? approach. You and know? what's funny is like, did you grow up thinking about this stuff? No, no, absolutely you come not. from like a different, no, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's just what it was. I think for pretty much everybody at that time. Yeah. You I just took Tylenol when you needed Cheez-Its it. And, yeah. and you know, taking a Motrin if I needed to or whatever. Yeah. And I still feel like you sometimes like will say, oh, okay, do we have an Advil? Or, and I'm like, what Dude, planet do you live on? Dude, that's because I get migraines, though. 
Yeah. They're not to be messed with. I grew up getting migraines. They're horrible. Like they were so bad. I had to lay in a completely dark room with no sound, no light. Um, like they would be so bad that they would make me throw up. Let me ask you though. Did you ever think past like the migraine? Like how did this happen? Why is this happening? Did you look at the patterns? Did you think about your day or the night before whatever? No, I mean at that point I was, when I was getting those, I was probably between like eight and 13 maybe. Which is interesting because you would think between eight and 13 that that's probably related to hormones. Maybe. I think that they said that um, part of it could be related to sugar as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, but I don't want to speak on migraines because I don't know for sure. No, Anyways, I, know. I still get one once in a while. And if I get a headache, they literally take me out. Yeah. So I just need some help. And that's totally fine. I just think it's interesting that, um, at least for me, if I ever get anything or if I feel off, the first thing I do is think like, did I eat something? Did I get enough sleep last night? Did I drink enough water? What if the problem's so bad, like in that moment that you just need relief, a fix? Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm funny. I like to push through things like, yeah, I know. But I don't you, know. You'll let yourself be miserable for like a whole day or multiple days. But when am I miserable for, when do I get anything? Dude, all the time. What do you mean? I don't know. Are you making that up? Yes. Oh, okay. Cause that doesn't make sense. I was going to say, when was the last time I had anything that made me feel miserable? No, you're, you're, I'm trying to think back to something that you've gone through recently. A C-section. Okay. Well, that doesn't count. Yeah. Anyways, but even you're that, pretty good at masking. Yeah. Like you put on a good face when I know like you're in pain or you're uncomfortable, whatever. So anyways, kudos to you. Let's move on. <laughs> can't give props to no, i just did <laughs> I know. and then i moved on no i appreciate it thank you thank um, you anyways just just quickly again on the summit uh i have the link right here so if you're interested in taking a look at it right now it's integrative pediatrics pediatrics.com slash summit uh-huh. so if you want to go right now that's the link okay yeah it'll be below uh should we shout someone out yeah, so you guys, our Instagram's been booming recently. We did a little revamp on it and it feels like everyone just showed up. They're like aesthetic, please. Yeah, but there's some good stuff going on. Oh my gosh. There's so much good stuff. Um, okay. 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 Who are we looking at? Alicia Castor zero. She wants to hear more about relationships. Um, and we want to do a whole episode. Just Wait, the two the of us. Yeah. I'm looking at the Instagram right now. Um, I have a, a review. You want to shout out yeah, a review? Yeah, a review. Ooh, yay. So, guys, I know we say it every episode. We love the reviews. They're so, so, so helpful for us uh, in terms of getting feedback and, like, looking forward for future episodes, whatever. Um, here's one from, it looks like Carolina.cn. Last name's S-I-E-N. Um, this one's good, so we'll say it. Go for it. It says, Bed po- best podcast ever. My favorite peeps to listen to. Love hearing about relationship advice and life bleep. So relatable and so real. I love it. Thank you, DNA. Thank you, Carolina. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, one of the more recent ones I'll just share real quick. Um, it's from Indie Lover. She said, so I started listening to this podcast about two days ago. I listen to an episode every morning, if not more, if I'm given the chance. I'm a mom of two, my daughter who is now two, and my son who is four months old. This podcast seriously gives me something to think about after I listen to an episode. And I love that. It gives me thoughts and self-reflecting of my journey as a mom and as a person. I genuinely enjoy listening to this every day. It just makes my day. I always think about how amazing it is, how you guys, uh, how your guys' relationship 
build and the story you guys hold. And it just reminds me of my husband and I, when we first met overall, this podcast is perfect. And thank you guys for creating this project because it's been incredible to follow along with. Um, wow. I don't even, that's just like, I could, that's so sweet, dude. I appreciate that. And I am also so nervous reading things. <laughs> I'm so nervous that like half of that didn't make sense. So I just decided well, on the last you, sentence you I was going to stop. You don't read good. <laughs> I was going to stop. <laughs> Shout out indie lover. Thank you for Wait, that one. Can I just talk about when we were, okay. So when I used to do table reads for, you know, whatever show I was on at the time, I would be hella nervous to read. Yes, because everyone in the room is staring at you and you're like supposed to be a professional because at that point, yeah, staring at you. oh my gosh. And, and at that point you have the job. So they're right. like, yeah, you're, this is, you're good at this. Like, so you're don't, good at breathing don't F this talking. up basically. Yeah. Or, you know, your biggest thing when you're doing a table read, especially in comedy is you just want to make sure that the writers are getting their needs met. They want to hear the joke yeah. land and you want to get a laugh from the room or else if you don't. What happens? The joke goes away. Mm. Literally, you will so get a revised script it it. and it'll, yeah, your joke or your whole line and like your whole bit will be gone. Mm. How sad is that? It's like you get one shot and if you don't get the laugh, or so maybe you'll give it another disappear? shot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've had a fair share of lines disappear because I didn't let it, you know, have its moment. But, it, you know, it's human. It's hard to sometimes do things on the spot and not get in your head. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I need to get better at reading these reviews because people take the time to write them. And here I am not being able to articulate how really heartfelt they are. No, it's just dope that people take the time to do it. I yeah. think that's the coolest part. Or so. listen, all of you that are listening, like sick. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just in it. Like, I don't know. My mind, like leaving a review is an extra step that like, I don't do that often. No, I know. Like it's, it's like, like the Yelpers. Yelp. Yeah, I know. Exactly. But it's um, so helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very helpful. Can I just say one thing? Because I said sick. Okay. You, <laughs> say like, sick. you know, when you're younger and you say sick and it's like totally fine. And now I'm 31 uh -huh. and I just said you sick. Um, but I, it's so interesting. I was scanning the internet recently, scrolling a bit. And I saw that Amanda Bynes has been posting some stuff on social mm -hmm. and um, got locked into just, I don't know, her videos sure, and things that she's been posting. Stuff. It's just, it's, well, I grew up with her. She's a Nickelodeon kid and she was a huge deal. I mean, she was on all that and the Amanda Bynes show and she's, she's, you know, struggled a little bit in her life and she seems to be coming out of it a little bit now. She's engaged and I was watching her recent videos and she's so composed when she speaks and she's very articulate, but she loves a sick moment. Mm -hmm. Who sick. doesn't <laughs> Let's keep it real. It makes me laugh. Or Hella. I, Didn't you drop a Hella? I did because I, I just, I wanted to make you proud. Okay. I appreciate that. That's um, a NorCal thing. So if you're not from California and you haven't heard Hella, it's a Northern California thing. People in LA or in Southern California, they don't say it. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, I like it. It makes me feel like I'm no, back. Yeah. It's legit. Yeah. It's like saying it's, <laughs> it's the better legit. version of Hecka. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But if I heard you say Hecka today. You wouldn't like that? No. Come on. Um, and also, because we were talking about Claire being the bachelorette, um, sorry, I'm bouncing around everywhere because there's just so much going on in my head and I feel like Dude, these I'm are our lost. friends and I just need to like vent. Um, how weird is it that you're going to see parts of your hometown and like, you probably know a lot of Claire's friends. We're about, I mean, she's older. No, nah, she's, she's 38. 39. 38, 39. 38, 39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. There's some distance between us. But she's a hairdresser. So she's like probably had a lot of 
maybe um, some overlap in your friend group. Remember I was at a wedding years ago and someone said, yeah, Claire does my hair. And I was like, <gasps> oh, yeah, no, I don't. I was at, at the Niley's wedding. Okay. And I was talking to someone and they were talking, we were talking about the bachelorette. And at the time Claire was on one of those seasons mm. and I said something and they said, oh yeah, no, Claire does my hair. Yeah. No, it'd be, it, it would be dope. Like I think anybody likes when someone gets into the spotlight and they're from their hometown or, or city state, whatever. Like, it's just cool. Cause you feel like you can relate so mm-hmm. hard, you know, I'm so, excited. so when they come back and they show parts of Sacramento, which I'm not even from Sacramento, I'm from Elk Grove, which but is like, it's adjacent. It's like saying I'm from you LA, like yeah. And I grew What's up, up in with the your valley. Use of adjacent lately, it's a smart term. You said adjacent the other day. I need to remember what you said. <laughs> Did it not? Because apply? it stopped me dead in my tracks. <laughs> it didn't work. I'm gonna remember and I'll put it on Instagram or something like that. <laughs> the other one I've been saying that you really don't like, or maybe do like. I'm not sure. Is I've been saying it's it's had like a tinge of. Well, you said tinge like three times in 24 hours. And yeah, I, like, well, I don't think I've heard anyone say that in 10 years. I don't know if I've heard people say that at all. Well, some people aren't on my level, apparently. Um, You know what? You're right. I'm looking at the monitor, and this is going to blow people's minds who've been listening along with our sleep journey. Not only is Gio sleeping through the night, which is crazy, 7 to 7 or about 6.45 to 7.15, roughly, um, he has been napping for almost two hours. I know. Actually, two hours. Well, it looked like he was going to wake up there for a second. Dude, what? He his legs up in the air, and then he flipped himself over, and now he's back down. So, basically, when he sleeps on his tummy, which we can't avoid anymore, he is out like a light. Yeah. Let me just say this. Like, if you're a parent, uh, especially of a, a young child right now, having them sleep on their stomach, like, it's initially, terrifying. is the most terrifying thing in the world, because this guy likes to put his face straight down <laughs> into the bed. And I'm like, yeah, that's not how you breathe. <laughs> You know what I mean? And then we tried to fix it the other night, and you went in there and tried to flip him over, and he screamed in your face. Yep. Yeah, he sure so did. obviously, he likes to put his face straight down. Yes. Not straight up. Uh-huh. And it's scary. It's so scary. Um, I had to look into the mattress that we have because I was talking well, right? to my, yeah, my mommies, and they were saying, well, make sure your mattress is a breathable well, then mattress. you got to think about everything else. Like, what about the cover sheet? Oh, yeah. Or the pad, and then the cover sheet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But too many things. he's got his head turned now, so he's nice and comfy, and he's yeah. got good airflow. I just like to see movement. Like yeah, if I he know. switches positions every 10 minutes or whatever, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Can you believe this? What the heck do we do with all our time now? I feel like we could just hang out and do a two-hour podcast. <laughs> do we just keep talking? Should we do an extra session every week? Right? Oh, you know what we should do? What? We should wrap this up, and we should talk about our relationship. So that way, we can get into it all. Let's yeah. do it. Stop. Okay, so that's a <laughs> that's a wrap on today's episode because I'm the CEO of the household and I just made a call. Yeah. Um, thank you for for listening and um, no, I hope what? you found no, this interesting. Say with more pizzazz. Thank you for listening. No, thank I really hope that you guys found this interesting because we actually have another doctor that we're going to have on the show eventually who um, is in the plant based medicine space, and I think that will be especially interesting for anyone who's interested in eating. Wow. If you were literally doing a drinking game on the word interesting, mm-hmm. you'd be wasted. Yeah, but let's not take anything away from Dr. Gaeta. Yeah, I know. Because he's awesome in his, his office. Is, let's talk about his office oof, for one sec. Swanky. Yeah, it's cool. It's so vibey. It's like walking into Tulum. Yeah, but like a classy, yeah, yeah. polished. Yeah, it smells nice. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, thanks uh, for hanging out with us. And we will uh, be back next week. 
All right. Peace out, guys. Have a good week. Um, again, we love your feedback. We love the reviews. That's what um, makes this episode what it is. Yeah. You know, we yeah. listen to what you guys say and we're like, oh, let's 100%. do one on relationships. So engage with us on IG um, and leave us a review on, on Apple Podcasts. Okay. Bye, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Adulting Like a Mother Father. New shows drop every Tuesday on the Direct Message Network on Podcast One.